Welcome to the Defiant Spirit, a podcast about discovering meaning, purpose, and resilience in the most challenging, difficult, and darkest moments of our lives through what my teacher and mentor, Dr. Viktor Frankl, called the defiant power of the human spirit, that spirit that is within you, that spirit that is calling to you, that spirit that is you. I'm Dr. Baruch Halevi, and this is the Defiant Spirit, and now, on to our podcast. Welcome to the Defiant Spirit. I'm Baruch Levy, also known as B. I am your guide to and through the Enneagram. If you're just joining us for the first time, I have many prior podcasts on really what this is about. And it's always for me about now the Defiant Spirit, which is the intersection of the ancient system, the Enneagram, a personality roadmap, which we'll talk about, and the work of Viktor Frankl, my teacher mentor, who... Um, created logotherapy, meaning-centered, not therapy. I, I'm tired of the word therapy, and I'm also tired of the word coaching and all these, I don't know. It, you know, let's get to the root of what therapy is. Therapy means literally, therapia comes from Greek, healing. Healing through meaning. Finding our meaning, our purpose, or as he often talks about it, our why, so that we can endure life's hows, anyhow. And when you know your why, you can endure your how, you can navigate your life with consciousness. And that's what the Defiant Spirit and my work is all about. It's about taking back our power, coming off of autopilot, not living in, you know, unconscious and in reaction. It all comes down to Dr. Frankel's amazing quote, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space lies our power to choose our response. And in that response lies our freedom, our growth, our happiness. So the power to choose our response, that's it. That's as good as it gets. And that is a lot. When we can choose our response to our circumstances, when our circumstances don't dictate what I'm experiencing inside, how I'm feeling inside, you think that's a small thing? I talk to people, counsel, guide, coach every day. Do you know how many grown men and women tell me somebody made me feel bad or a situation made me feel small or, you know, the stock market makes me feel afraid, whatever it might be, to which I always gently respond, how in the hell does a grown man, a grown woman feel bad because somebody out there called you a name, because something out there that's out of your control moved a decimal on your computer screen, on your bank account? It's it's not possible. You make yourself feel bad. You make yourself feel small. You make yourself feel weak when you outsource your power to the markets or to your spouse or to uh, the asshole in, uh, in traffic that cuts you off. You can't make me feel bad. I choose to allow him or her or whoever to control me, to have the power, in which case I'm just a victim. I'm powerless, and that ain't no place to live. Dr. Edith Eager, a student of Viktor Frankl, says the difference between being a victim and being a survivor is a victim says, why me? A survivor says, now what? The defiant spirit is about becoming survivors, thrivers, if that's a word. It's not a word. It should be a word. Um, And that comes down to choosing our response. So today we're talking really about the Enneagram 
and prison and limitations and labels and numbers and how, yes, you are um, stuck in that type, but ain't nobody putting you there. I didn't do it. Lots of times people say, B, don't put me in a box. Don't label me. Don't give me a number. Stop talking about the numbers and my number. I don't put you there. You put yourself there. I put myself in the box of an eight. It's not who I am. It's where I go when I'm unconscious. It's where I go when I'm in reaction, when I'm in fear. I just end up reacting like an eight. Did I choose it? I don't think I chose it. I wouldn't choose an eight. I wouldn't suggest it upon anybody. The challenger. Um, all types are equally wonderful and equally terrible. So I end up going there because it's a survival strategy. It's a defense mechanism. I learned it when I was born or at some point along the way. Our Enneagram type doesn't change. We are, our wiring is our wiring, right? DNA is DNA and Enneagram type is Enneagram type, but we don't have to be victims of it. We can choose to stop reacting and live in response. If you could live in a place of like Yoda consciousness all day, every day, where you aren't living in fear, you aren't living in reaction, yeah, then you have broken free from your Enneagram type. Good luck living there all day, every day. Right? That's not the human reality. The human reality, our nature is, we bounce back and forth between unconscious and hopefully more often than not, and growing on our path in consciousness, in intention, in choosing our response. That's all we have, the ability to choose our response to our circumstances. That's the work that I do in my own life. I'm trying, and I, there's not a day that I have batted a thousand. You know, usually it's 100, 200. On a good day, it's 300. And in baseball, as I'm recording this, uh, heading into the World Series here pretty soon, that's a Hall of Fame batting average. Three out of 10 times, right? Gets you into the Hall of Fame. So you don't have to bat a thousand. You don't have to live in complete and utter constant consciousness. But if you do want to respond to your circumstances, you do have to understand where you go when you're in reaction, where you go when you're in, in fear, and how do you find your way out of your box, out of your cage, out of your prison that you have imposed upon yourself. We all do it. What we don't all do is find our way out. And that's what we're talking about right now. So one of the things that's just so important is that, you know, there's not nine types. I'm not that simplistic. I'm pretty simplistic, but I'm not that simplistic to think there's nine ways of being in the world. Of course there's not. These are nine primary energies. Why nine? We'll talk about it another time, but it's based on mathematics. It's based on geometry. You can see it in the shape of the Enneagram. It's a very sophisticated um, model. It's built into music with the um, with notes. It's built into the fabric of creation with colors built around ideas of three, um, three primary colors. It's built around um, physics, electrons and neutrons and croutons, sorry, protons. I'm not a scientist. I mean, all kinds of areas of our life are, are revolving past, present, future. The idea of three, the idea of six, the idea of nine and multiples of that. But there, there's an infinite amount of numbers because ultimately these are energies. And that's, that's the point. It's not static. The moment the Enneagram number becomes static, I am an eight, then we have 
really left the essence of the Enneagram. Now it's just some stupid personality assessment, just like every other one. It's a label. Great. What do I do with that number, the challenger, eight? I don't know. But that's not the Enneagram. The Enneagram, the true Enneagram, the essence of it, thousands of years ago, and this has been evolving. It's only been a personality assessment for the past you know, half century, but for thousands of years, it's really been a roadmap for energy. So eight's a type of an energy, nine's a type of an energy, and so on and so forth. But that energy, what do we know about energy? It's neither created nor destroyed. What? It's always and only changing forms. Energy, by definition, is not static. The moment something becomes static in the Enneagram system, it's you know, it's a false god. It's a, it's an idol in religious language. It's, um, it's frozen. It's not living. You're either living or you're dying. It's dead. It's um, when you are static, when you are stuck, you are essentially as good as dead. We're all always moving and growing or declining and changing and evolving. And so that's the work of the Enneagram. So as an example, if you're an Enneagram, I'll stop talking about myself. Let's move over to, we never talk about five, the investigator. Good friend of mine, Tom, is, a, is an investigator. I think of him. I think of um, a couple other fives that I've worked with. It's a really contemplative, thoughtful, quiet, reserved type. That's their default. That's their go-to, again, when they're uncertain, when they're navigating the tumult of life. It's scary living on the rock, revolving around hot ball of fire, waiting to die. So we have defense strategies. Well, the fives is to retreat, to withdraw, to go inwards, to get quiet, to think, to conserve. These are all five qualities. But that isn't who a five is. That's just the starting point. Now, if they get stuck there, right, that's the prison. And they become a five, but that's not who they are. This is just a starting point. From there, we have, you can see on either side, there's a number, a four and a six in the case of the five. The individual is the four and the loyal is the six. Each of those have their ingredients, their qualities, their energy. Five, we all have all of these numbers in us. Five, if that's your core type, your default, you have a particular relationship to four and six. They are a yin and yang. They're like a... a balancing of your energies. And that's really what the, these are called wings. That's what the wings do. It isn't that you have one or another. Lots of people have this misunderstood. They think I'm a five, four wing. That's meaningless. That's, that's silly. That's a, that's a, um, that's a label. Five is an energy. And by definition, it's surrounded by four and six and four has a particular energy and six has an energy. They have a negative side, you know, and they have a positive side, a negative charge and a positive charge, an unconscious side and a conscious side, whatever you want to call it, a reactive side and a responsive side. So as a five, I have learned to draw upon those energies of the four. I have learned to draw upon the energies of the six. Maybe I'm leaning one way or the other because I've just defaulted there as a strategy, but I have access to both of them. So you don't have to understand what the four and the six are at this moment. What we're talking about is you're not a five, you have five energy, and that energy is not static, it's fluid, and that fluidity really goes around the Enneagram to all these types, but a special relationship, a pull, an anchor with the four and the six. As a five, like all types, you have two lines coming out of you, and those are energetic lines. 
we'll go down the path of what they are and how they work another time. But essentially, they connect me to two other numbers. A five is connected to a seven and an eight. Again, I have access to all of them, but I have a special growth path. Um, and what's the opposite of growth path? Uh, like a devolving path that they, sometimes it's called disintegration. I crumble and I end up looking like a seven or an eight as well. But there's a reason why five has this special connection to seven and eight, because a five is um, an inward energy. And so a seven and an eight are outward energies. And so it pulls me out of my fiveness out into the world. Seven, one particular set of qualities out in the world, eight, another. And I can look as a five like both of those when I take those on, both again, the negative shadowy sides, but also the positive, the light side. So my work as an Enneagram five is to not get stuck but to move, to learn how to get out of that fiveness into the four, into the six, pathway to eight, pathway to seven. And that's really where the Enneagram comes in because it can show me strategies and tools and for reasons, reasons why I end up there. One of the things I love about the Enneagram is that it is one of the few, maybe one of the only systems personality systems that doesn't describe what I do, but why I do it. It's so important. So as a five, one of my core fears would be ignorance, not knowing. And so a five spends his or her life, if they're unconscious, focusing on knowledge, focusing on knowing. The challenge with that is we can never know. Omniscience is kind of what drives them, this all-knowing desire. We can never get there. You'll never know everything. You'll never know enough. I hear it all the time, counseling people, young people, especially, you know, 20-something. I, I just, I'm not ready for marriage. I don't know enough. I'm not ready for parenting. I don't know enough. If that's the baseline, you'll never get married and you'll never have kids. You'll never know enough. I have four kids. I still don't know what I'm doing. Just ask them. Um, perfection is the enemy of the good. You can't wait for perfect, perfect knowledge in the case of five. So I need strategies to deal with my core fear. Four offers strategies, six offers strategies, seven and eight. Of course, they all do. And there's a way to get to all energy types from each number. But the point is to make the journey to not be static. And so, you know, you, you are a five, but you can look like a very different five or a different eight on the growth journey. So an unhealthy eight is an example. Um, there's lots of unhealthy eights throughout history. They're oftentimes dictators and tyrants. I think of um, Saddam Hussein was an unhealthy eight. I think of Martin Luther King as my example of a healthy eight, or Mother Teresa is oftentimes said to be an eight, maybe a two, but probably an eight. And look at the the um, divergence between Saddam Hussein and Martin Luther King. I mean, it's so obvious. One is low functioning, was, and one was extremely high functioning. So the work isn't to become a different number. It's to honor the energy that is... Baruch, that is B, that is Joe, that is Jane, whoever you are, to honor your energy, but not to rest in the default of it, to go out into the world, into ourselves and explore all of these. It's a circle, not a line. Circles are egalitarian. There's no head of the table. 
in this scenario. They're all equal numbers because they all have their place in the symphony. We need to learn how to access all of the musical instruments of the symphony, but we're going to have one that's our default. And we make the journey to and through all these other numbers, all these other energies growing on the path to come back to the higher side of who we are, to, to defy our, our number, our lower side, to ascend in, in integration and in consciousness to the higher side. I was once told by uh, a teacher of mine, Rabbi Alan Liu, that um, the greatest sport is baseball. And he was, obviously he was a baseball fan before he died. And he said, the reason why is because it's the journey of life. You start at home to make a journey around the bases to come back home. But anybody who's played baseball, I know, knows that standing at home and striking out is a very different experience of home than standing at home, hitting a home run. You still circle the bases, right? You go around the bases and you come back to the very place you were standing to come home. But it's a different home because you've tra traversed um, the bases. And that's the Enneagram. Yep, we all start out with our core type, our core reaction, our core fear. But we don't have to stay there. We should not stay there. If we are doing the Enneagram right, if we are doing our life right, then we are growing, then we are evolving, then we are energy that is in constant movement, not static. You will be static someday, six feet under, in a casket. And at that point, um, the body is no longer serving us and our energy of the spirit of our uh, nuos, as Dr. Frankel called it, our spirit continues on in a different form. But until we get to that place in this form, we exercise that spirit by defying our static circumstances, resisting that which is static, finding movement in our identity, in our personality, in our Selves in our lives to constantly keep it going, keep it flowing, keep evolving, keep growing, keep ascending the ladder of consciousness. If you want a roadmap, there is no finer roadmap that I have found than the Enneagram. Would love to hear from you, would love to work with you. I've created a new program, Defy Your Number. It is the base program for all of my forthcoming future programs, and it is. You take the personality assessment, the Enneagram assessment, through a very high-level company that there is not a second um, place, and it's even close to this one on the market. Um, the Enneagram assessment that I use is second to none. And so you take the Enneagram assessment, and I give you an ebook of your core type. And there's four phases in it. You're going to get all four phases. We're going to work together for at least one debrief. Um, and then we can continue on or not. It can be a one and done. And then pretty soon I'll have a DIY version where you can just watch videos. And um, But for now, in the meantime, you buy the program, you get the assessment, you get your core type, you get an unbelievable ebook, if I do say so myself, of the one of the nine types, whatever one is your core type, with four phases of, I think, 41 pages or something. And it walks you through methodically. What is your core number? What are the strategies to move through it, to grow through it, to evolve through it, and ultimately defy the lower side of your number, ascend into the higher side of your number. Jump over to defiantspirit.org. By the time you are listening to this, the new website will be up, and I would love to get to know you, get to hear from you, share these um, videos 
with um, people you know who can benefit because I'm just trying to scale the message of the Enneagram and Viktor Frankl and the Defiant Spirit. I will see you in the next video or in the next podcast. Until then, you know what to do. Defy your number. Live your spirit. Thank you for listening to the Defiant Spirit podcast with me, your host, Dr. Baruch Halevi. The Defiant Spirit is an offering of Soul Center to Center for Spirituality, Meaning, and Healing. And if you'd like to learn more about the Defiant Spirit or Soul Center, get more inspirational content, access to a variety of online programs, or see how we might work together to discover deeper meaning in your life, greater purpose for your life, or live the Defiant Spirit power within your life, visit defiantspirit.org. Until then, keep living your defiant spirit.